We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Sharifa Hardy is a business consultant, author, talk show host, and candidate for 2024 California State Senate. I met Sharifa when I was on her show, The Roundtable Talk Show, where I got to know her a little bit and hear about what she does and all of the small businesses that she really empowers and promotes on her show. Sharifa joins me today to share her story of overcoming challenges with positivity to live the life she loves. She shared the lessons she learned from her two divorces, eight layoffs, and being homeless at one point. She talks about how she utilized her mindset to overcome these challenging situations and find happiness. Sharifa also shared the benefits of being a black woman in 2021, the importance of empathy and supporting your entrepreneur family and friends, and why so many businesses fail. I'm so excited for you to hear Sharifa's story and hear her take on things. I know you'll learn a lot and be inspired. You know, I always wanted to be one of those kids who always knew what they wanted to do. Like people would say, I want to be a lawyer. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. I have this cousin who lives in Columbus, Ohio. When he was a kid, he would walk around the house and interview people with a spoon. Like he's nine, but now he's on a major news station as a news reporter. So all his life, he just knew that's what he wanted to do. I never knew what I wanted to do. But it's funny when I look back now, you know, I'm 45 now, I was a talker. That's all I ever wanted to do was just talk, 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 talk. You know, in class, I would talk, but I was also very curious. So I drove my mother crazy. I know that now, I, you know, I'm like, mom, I'm sorry. But whatever I would just want to know and I wouldn't think about whether it was insensitive or whether it hurt someone's feelings I would just be like mom why is that lady nodding her head mom why is she not looking at me whatever it was it just you know came out you know one of my managers told me later she says Sharifa you go from conception to verbalization with no interpretation and when I was younger it was a bad thing because I didn't have a filter I didn't try to censor myself now as an adult I'm just more aware of the questions but I'm still naturally curious and I have just positioned myself in my life as a talk show host to be able to ask those questions Wow. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned a couple, a couple of things, but one thing that I was thinking as you were talking was how society puts this pressure on us to know what we want to do when we're young. And like you almost thought, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you were saying that you kind of felt like something might be wrong with you because you didn't know what you wanted to do and your cousin did, you know, but that's not natural. That's not normal. 
Yeah, I don't know if I thought I, it was something wrong, but I I was trying not to feel envious of people, you know, because envy and jealousy is not a good thing. But I knew so many people who found their calling or maybe it wasn't what they were called to do, but they had a career and they were stable. And, you know, and I always wanted that for myself. All my life, I changed schools every year except for high school. That's why I'm really close to the people who went to DBM, my high school, downtown business magnet in Los Angeles, California, because that was the only time I was somewhere for four years. Prior to that, I moved around, got to know a lot of different people, and I really wanted that stability. And the only way I think in life, as you get older, to have that stability is to do what you love. And I didn't know what that was. Right. So, so let's talk about your path, your journey to figuring that out. So you mentioned to me before that you have been through so many challenges. You've been divorced a couple times. You've been laid off. You've been homeless. So. Could you share some of that with me? I would love to hear about that and how you overcame those challenges. Um, yes, I, I was divorced. I have been divorced twice. I was married twice, divorced twice. And what was so interesting, at least to me, was that each marriage lasted two years. I always tell people I've never been that kind of come hell or high water type of person. I've always believed that if there's hell and there's high water, that's a sign. It's time to go. You know, God is like, leave, get out of here. You know, there should be peace. There should be harmony. And what I learned is that I should have went into those situations. Um, I, I should have taken a look before I went into those situations, as opposed to just, you know, going from marriage to marriage. So now I do plan to get married again in 2023. I don't know if it's going to happen, but the last divorce was in 2003. So I've grown up in this time frame, and I want to help other people sit down with couples and, and talk relationships and marriage and, and impart a lot of the wisdom I learned along the way. But to me, most of the, the struggles from both marriages came from that I was an entrepreneur. You know, both of my husbands uh, my ex-husbands uh, currently are at their jobs for about 20, 25 years. You know, they've been at one job for years. And that's another thing that I always wanted. I always wanted to have that stable job, that stable income, but somehow, some way it just wasn't for me. I wound up getting laid off eight times. I would go and get a job. I would go and be stable. But that's one of the things that I talk about in my book, my first book, And Here's Your Box, is about being laid off. And each time, you know, people don't understand it's a difference between being laid off and being fired and when you quit. Because usually when you quit, you have a plan B. You have something else that's lined up. You didn't just, you know, decide I'm, I'm not coming in today. Maybe you're going back to school. Maybe you're a housewife. Okay, when you're fired, even if you're not willing to admit it to anyone else in the world, you know that you did something wrong. But when you're laid off, you know, I was laid off. I had perfect attendance awards. I had employee of the month award. You know, I'm moving and shaking. And then the next day it's Sharifa, it's not you. You know, you know, you know, we love you. We just have to let you go. And here's your box. And then I get this box of all my personal belongings and I go on with my life. And what that taught me is never put all of your eggs in one basket. That's how I became homeless, trying to build this company, trying to, be, to do an IPO and create this business. I wound up losing everything that I own. So when you're in a marriage and when you're in a relationship, it can be difficult for your spouse to understand, especially if their entire family are employees 
and, and that's no judgment. Please hear me clearly. I have absolutely no judgment against somebody who is an employee, who enjoys being an employee, who wants to be an employee. My dad's owned his own business basically my entire life, you know, Jordan's Rooter and Plumbing. So I've seen, I've been helping him since I was 11 years old. So I've seen the process. I've gone through it. And it's very difficult for people to understand because what they're focused on is how, how are we going to pay this mortgage or how are we going to pay this rent? And you're looking, okay, well, 70 years from now, our great or our, our grandkids, their college tuition is paid for, you know? So sometimes you have to sacrifice, but you can't sacrifice too much. You still have to hold everything together. So that was, you know, a lot of the challenges that I went through. Right. I, it's interesting. I, I think that uh, I, well, and I think, I mean, I've, I've seen it quite often how people who are employees have a harder time understanding their family members who are entrepreneurs and trying to build their businesses because to them, it's so simple. Just like, why would you put yourself through that when you could just get a job and have the stability, but they don't understand. And obviously at no judgment, as you said, but it's, it's harder for them to understand that the, I guess the rush and the creativity that goes along with being an entrepreneur and all of those things that it just lights us up and helps us step into our own. So it's, it's, it's just important to help I guess, respect that and, and encourage your family members to, to go for their dreams. Yes, absolutely. But one of the things that I found is that most entrepreneurs have had a taste of corporate America. They've you know, had that experience, they've lived that experience, and they wind up being an entrepreneur for, for various reasons. Like for me, that's why I tell people it's very important to understand I was laid off eight times. The first time I was laid off, the company relocated from California to Florida. I can go, but you got to go to Florida and I have these two young kids, the second company, and I'm not going to take you through all eight of them. But again, I was never fired. One company I worked for, they laid off about a thousand people. It wasn't just Sharifa Hardy. So what happens is you just learn and you take, I remember I used to look at my resume and I was so afraid to put it out there because I said, oh my God, all these, nobody's going to hire me. They're going to say that I'm a job hopper. And I didn't want to be looked at as a job hopper. I wanted people to understand that I was a hard worker. I was committed. But then why you have these different jobs and only last six months. So I went to an interview one time and the person doing the interview said to me, he's reviewing my resume. He's like, wow, Sharifa, you have the resume of an engineer. And that mindset, the way he saw it shifted my entire mindset and it made me more comfortable with the skill set that I had, not just how long I had been at a place, but the skill set, because even now I can do IT, I can network all of your computers, put those together, I can answer the phones, I went to college to be an accountant, you know what I mean? So I have so many different skills and I began to focus more on what I can do, which led me to be an entrepreneur in between looking for a job. Wow. No, I love how, how you have such a positive mindset and looking at, at how you benefited from things that other people would really find to be a deterrent or negativity in their lives, you know? Yeah, but people say that, and I, I think because I'm really humble, I always ask the question, and somebody actually answered it for me, but I asked the question, what options did I have? You know, it wasn't like, you know, somebody was coming on in on this big white stallion, like, here, Sharifa, let me save you. And I was like, no, I'll do it myself. 
no, I had to figure it out. And I was telling somebody that and they said, yeah, but you could have gotten on drugs. You could have broke the law. And I was like, yeah, but that, that's not in me. I always felt that doing anything illegal is a lack of faith. You know, because that's saying I don't trust God to provide. I have to do it my own way by any means necessary. And I never wanted to be in that place. And now, like 20 years later, 10 years later, I've seen each and every time where, okay, I didn't get that, but I got this. And what I wanted was so much better than I could even expect it. Like I was looking with my um, morning talk show where I met you and I got to hear and learn all about you, the roundtable talk show. But TV networks wanted the show. And I was like, okay, well, if they want this show on their network, why don't I just create my own network? And so that's um, ITTV. It's the IT TV network in intellectual television. I just did it based on people wanting this particular talk show. So I always try to figure out a way how to create something good from any situation. That's really cool. So first of all, I'm curious, so how does one create their own network? You just go to, to tvstartup.com. That's what I did because two networks asked me for the show. And then all my good stories, if you ever hear any of my good stories, they always start off with, I was sitting there minding my own business, but I was sitting there minding my own business. And I saw an ad on Facebook from TV startup that said, start your own TV network, free Zoom. And I was like, free, that's my favorite number. So at least I could go to the Zoom. So I sat in the Zoom and I heard what they had to say. And I was like, I have 300 episodes of the Roundtable Talk Show. I have 200 episodes of Ashley for Videocast. And I'm gonna create my own network and get these shows out there. And that's really what I did. Wow, that's so cool. So is it on cable television? Like, how does that work? It's a Roku channel. So I, I bought a Roku channel and then I'm going to grow to Apple TV and just expand. But with Roku, we have access to 62 million homes. Wow. That's incredible. That's really cool. So let's talk about being homeless. What was that like? How did you deal with that? I didn't have the children with me. They, one was adult and then my son was with his father. But what I, what happened is I had nowhere to go. So I went to get assistance from the um, state, let's just say. And so they give you these vouchers to go stay in, in these hotels. So it was just so interesting because I was staying in this hotel and it was filled with, with a lot of people and a lot of different drugs and different things like that. So I went in my room and, I, and I've always been like this. All I need is a bed, a hot shower and a laptop and I'm good. Actually in my phone. Like if I have those four things, I'm good. I'm simple. And so I literally locked myself in this room and didn't come out. And it was like about three or four days later, I'm sitting there and I hear a knock on the door and I'm like, hello. And they're like, are you okay in there? We haven't seen you. And I'm like, yes, I'm okay. Thank you for checking on me. And it was just like, weird I'm like wow you know because I, I that's how I am when I'm trying to figure something out even to this day I just kind of hibernate and then I create wow so how did you get out of that homeless situation my friends my friends they um one of my friends called and she said we cannot her and her family they said I still love them today they said we cannot allow you to stay in that situation go live with my mom so I wound up going to live with her mom and how life happens it kind of coincidentally she had just gotten married and had moved out and so she lived with her mom and her brother and so the room that she had 
was now available. And so I went and stayed there for a few months. Then I went back with my family. And then, you, you know, I just kind of kept moving from there. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. How did you ha- create that positive mindset when you were going through that homeless experience? Okay. But explain that to me. Maybe this is going to be a learning interview. Maybe this is what um, I need to hear. I don't know. I wouldn't. Okay. I won't say that it's negative, but I don't look at it as like, I'm just being positive. I look at it like I have to figure this out. So let me give you an example the way I look at it. If you're in a room, right. And there's absolutely nothing in this room. Are you picturing it with me? Visualizing it? Yeah. Okay. So you're in a room. It's a white room. There's nothing in this room, but you, no furniture, no bed. You're sitting on the floor in this room. That's the circumstances that life have thrown your way. The door is locked. We don't know how you got here, but that's really irrelevant. What do you do? Do you think, oh, let me think positive. Let me think negative. You, You think I have to get out of this room somehow, some way, because logically, if you got in, you can get out. And so that's more of how is more. I think I'm more logical than positive or negative. It's like I'm more. I've gotten, and especially at 45, I tell people I love this age. I I just more. It is what it is. You know what I mean? If this is the situation, what are you going to do about it? Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally, I got what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's definitely very important to always think of how to make the best out of the situation, because I guess if not, the truth is, what are you going to do? Just stay in that situation. So Which eventually leads to death, right? I'm also an ordained minister, and that's why I preach a lot. And one of the favorite things I will tell people is let the dead bury the, the dead. Let the dead bury the dead. There's a reason behind that scripture. It's not just one example, but it's in everyday life. If you stay in that little room, white room, by yourself, you will die, literally, unless you really believe that someone is going to come to save you. And that's where a lot of people go wrong. It's like, oh, will somebody find me or help? Get up, do whatever you have to do, and figure out how to get out of this room. There's a way. It has to be a way. It has to be. Right. They, yeah. They always say like everything is figure outable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. I love that. I love that for sure. So, okay. So now at this point you do a lot. So you're, 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 you're that is relative though, but okay. We gonna go with that. You're a TV host, you're a consultant, you, you're a minister. What else do you do officially? I, I am. I, I do online marketing, PR, um, I help people that as a consultant, that's what I do. That's why I always uh, make the differentiate, I differentiate between coach and consultant. Like I, I'm unable to be a coach. I love all the coaches, but I'm more of a, like a general, this is what you need to do. Go do it. When you finish, come back. That's don't call me next week. Don't call me tomorrow. This is what I'm very action oriented. That's why I love the Nike. Just do it. You know, that's what athletes wear. Just do it. And athletes, successful athletes are the ones who get out there and play whatever their sport is, not the people sitting on the couch with the Nikes on just watching the television. So almost everything I do is based around that whole energy of, you know, just do it. I'm the president of the Black Chamber of Commerce for Long Beach area. I'm running for Senate in 2024. You know, I just launched my network. I have my podcast directory, Potterly. It's just whatever comes, I'm like, okay, let me make this happen and do it. Right. 
Wow. So what, what were some struggles that you had to overcome being a black woman specifically? Oh, it's fun now. You know, 2021 is the best year of my life to be a black woman because for the first time in a long time, people listen. People, oh, ask Sharifa, what does she say? They want to hear that because for years, when a, when a person, especially a black woman says something, people minimize it. They don't hear it. It's been a good old boy society. So when a woman says something, it, it's, it's just kind of overlooked. But now people are seeing the difference and asking for more um, of my opinion, which is good. So it's never been a better time in history for me, you know, in my life to be verbal you know, and to get my point out, because now, you know, I can say whatever I want to say. Technology gives me a platform to speak, you know, and there are people who resonate with the things that I have to say, whereas in the past, I wouldn't have had this opportunity. Right. Do you, do you think that's because of the recent fight against discrimination, racism, and all those things? Like, is that is that why you think that people are starting to realize, like, everyone's equal, we're all human rights, you know what I mean? That sort of thing. What I think is that there's nothing like poverty to level the playing field. And so a lot of people are poor right now, not just black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, everybody, everybody in the world right now is suffering in some form of fashion, whether it's their medical needs, whether it's their housing needs. I, I live in Long, in Long Beach, California, a single in Long Beach, maybe $1,200 a month. So when you see everybody going through something, there's more compassion because I understand what you're feeling. I understand what it feels like to struggle. I understand what you're going through. But yet when you don't have that problem, when you don't have that struggle, I, I did a panel and it, I have never in my life had so many white women say to me, and this is not just one show, like panels, I used to do a show about race where they simply said to me, Sharifa, I did not know. I had no idea. And then I was, at first, I would say, how could you not know? Like you, you did, but in their world, in that community, you know, it's not something that affected them. But then when you began to see more and more and when the world sits down and sits back and watches the George Floyd tra tragedy, they can't just say, oh, that's just some human that doesn't matter. It's personal for everyone. So people start to look around and go, you know what? It's not just me. It's everyone. We're all connected. We're all one. Yeah. Wow, that was powerful. I'm just like <laughs> in the zone, you know, when you're like listening. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally see that. Yeah. It's so interesting that you brought up the, the idea of empathy really, because I think that that is something that's also starting to become more prevalent and people are starting to appreciate that more and, and noticing and understanding that you really can't understand someone's struggle until you're in their place. You just can't. Yes, absolutely. So it's interesting that you bring that up in regards to what happened with George Floyd and, you know, in general, um, making people aware of things um, because COVID definitely has, has done, has done a lot to society and, and, I think that's one of the, the positive outcomes of COVID. Yes, I mean, because this is in our lifetime, 
you know, no matter how old you are, even if you're a hundred, I have my dear friend, Sally Martin turns a hundred December 14th this year, you know, but she's never experienced in anything like this, you know, in our lifetime, there's never been something where it's affected everyone in the world. Everyone in the world is affected. I remember back in April of 2020 or, or early on, it used to be where people would ask, I'm pretty sure you remember this, they would say, okay, well, have you been affected by COVID? And people were like, I don't know if I was affected. Okay, 2021, we're like, everyone is affected in some form or fashion, whether it's just now you have to wear this mask when you go to the store. It affected us in different ways. You know, people lost their jobs, people lost humans, you know, their family, their friends, never to have those people again. So everyone was affected in some sort of, of, of way. Maybe they, they've been working at an office building their entire life. Now they're working remotely. It has affected everyone and not, you know, usually it's like, oh, you know, my sleepy little town, this happened here, but it's just about Long Beach or maybe it's about California, but this happened to everyone in the world globally. And so if I'm going through something and I know how I feel about going through it, it makes it easier for me to understand you and your situation and how you feel going through it, because we can look at this and say, and know that we're going through the exact same thing at the exact same time and we're being affected collectively and we're not turning away and saying, okay, well, that's just you and looking at it individually, which brings me to another interesting point. I, I was Googling when I get um, curious about anything because I keep seeing this word arise. I had to stop somebody saying it the other day, narcissism, 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 narcissism. Let's talk about, and I like, I don't want to talk about narcissism because it's a phrase that people been people. I, one of my phrases is people been people and since people been people, right? So this is nothing new, but all of a sudden you want to label, you're not even a psychiatrist and you want to label people narcissistic. Right. And so I Googled, I was like, why is that? And I found this article that I, that was very interesting. And it said the reason the reason why it's an increase in the use of this term is because as a society, we have gone from saying us and we to you and me to I and me. So the focus in our society prior really to COVID has been on I, me. So those people are considered narcissistic. But as a society, if we decide that we want to focus on us, then that's what we will do. Right, right. It's like the new age, like the I, look at Apple, right? Mac. So it's mm -hmm. the I generation. Yes, it is. It really is. Right. And and sometimes it's gonna be challenging to, you know, take a step back and look at the how our actions or what we want to do impacts society at large or how we can change everyone but the truth is that it's like a domino effect when we like we'll be happy essentially you know what I mean and it will be positive for you it will impact you in a positive way when you impact society in a positive way yes absolutely because the thing is you know again I'm at this stage where I'm going it is what it is you can sugarcoat it you can say but it is what it is. We are all connected. We are all one. So if somebody is miserable, we're all miserable. So you have to keep that in mind. And that to me is, you know, when you say being positive, 
it's just really just being more logical. Like, don't you want more happy people in this world? Don't you want people who are fed? That's why my focus is on jobs. You have to be able to create jobs and create businesses because that's how you feed your families. Everything I've done is because my kids looked up at me with those little brown eyes and was like, mom, what's for dinner? And I was like, dang, I gotta feed these kids. I have to figure it out. And so as a society, as we feed each other and we take care of each other, the society as a whole will heal. Right, right, for sure. And yeah, speaking speaking of, you know, taking care of your family, we, we, we spoke about something before we started the interview um, regarding what you posted on Facebook the other day. I saw um, about a million dollars in revenue. So I'd love to hear about that. Yes, that was me because... It's like with everything that I'm doing and everything that's been happening, I've been getting new marketing clients from everywhere. It's just exciting. And I said, well, I posted on Facebook, I feel, I was telling a friend that I feel like this year is going to be the year that I make my first million. And he said, you've been saying that for 25 years. And I was like, wow, right? I'm feeling this in my spirit. So I go tell my son who stays with me. I'm like, son, I don't know where you want to go, what you want to do. You know, he's 24. I said, but I'm going to go get me a house soon. So you got to figure it out. He was like, you've been saying that for years. I was like, okay. I said, so when I just get my million and bounce, you know, nobody can't say anything. Forewarned is forearmed. But I think the reason I feel that this year is different is that not only am I watching the numbers, but it's stabilizing everything that I've been building for three years. So over the years, it has continued to grow and has continued to grow. So I've seen the vision for years, but now this year is the practical application of everything that I'm doing. Right, right. I love that. And I love your mindset because the truth is that when you have a go-getter mindset and we will make this happen kind of mindset, you end up making it happen because you work for it and then it happens. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's one of the things I had made on on another post um, when I was, you know, cause I try to remain humble, but I was asking myself this question. I was like, Lord, you know, why am I so blessed? Like you just bless me all the time. And then I heard, um, God blesses what you put your hand to and that scripture. And I li- I literally live by that. I literally live by that because I was having a conversation the other day with a friend and she was saying, you know, how people, she was like, Sharifa, people want to be successful. And I said, that's the thing. People say they want to be successful. They'll tell you all the time how, you know, how they want to do all these different things, but don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. A person who is a millionaire, a billionaire. These are people who are hard workers. They work hard. You know, it's easy to sit back on a couch with your feet up watching television to say, oh, I really want to do this. I really, but not many people are willing to do the work day in and day out. And when people, as a business consultant, when people ask me like, cause they always think there's some get rich quick scheme. What is the business that's guaranteed to be successful? Or what is the business that's guaranteed to be profitable? And I always say it's the business you're willing to do day in and day out. One plus one equals two. Right, it's so true. It's so fun that you mentioned that cause someone else was just telling me the same thing about um there are no guarantees the only guarantees in life are that you have to pay your taxes and i forgot what else she said but it was um and you die. right you die yes exactly. <laughs> and that's it it's true it's true and and she also mentioned what you said in regards to people not wanting to do the work i mean mm-hmm. but i think and 
And I'd love to hear your opinion. I think that you start wanting to do the work when you actually enjoy what you do. Yes, I think so. But here's the difference though, right? Just because somebody loves motorcycles doesn't mean they have the ability to operate a motorcycle company. Just because somebody loves flowers doesn't mean they have the ability to operate a flower shop. So again, the business that is guaranteed to be successful is the business you're willing to do day in and day out. So you understand that it's not just a passion. This is a job. You work for yourself. You are your boss, but there is still a boss that says we have to be able to do the work. And so what happens, uh, a, a lot of the reason why companies you know, will go out of business so quickly is they will say, this is not fun anymore. This is not fun anymore. Or, if, or someone will ask, well, you know, why'd you close your business? It wasn't fun anymore. And when it's not fun anymore, I said, that's when I would let it go. So again, just because you love motorcycles is not a guarantee that you can be operate a successful motorcycle business. However, if you love motorcycles and you want to successfully operate your business, I would recommend taking courses on business. I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, even Hollywood and entertainment. That's why it's called the business of entertainment, the business of Hollywood. So yes, I agree with you 100%. You have to do what you love, but that's just the first step because the second step is doing the work. Right, that's true. That's totally true. And 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 also, which is another thing is that I think pe people should realize when, if they do decide to go for their passion as their job or as their work and business, is that sometimes when things become your work, all, automatically it takes the fun away from it. Yes. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same anymore. Um, you can still enjoy it, but it's just, it's at a different level. It's not the same. It's like, it's like when I, I, I've always loved makeup, right? And I still do, but for me, when I have to put on a full face of makeup for a photo shoot, I'm not going to lie and say that I love the process. I'm good at it, but I don't love doing it. I, I just do it so I can look good in the pictures. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, I agree. Like with makeup, my mother sold Mary Kay cosmetics when I was a teenager. And so at 13, I, I, I thought it was cute to have a full face of makeup on every day. So now at 45, the best I have is, is lipstick. I keep my lipstick right here. I touch it up, you know, but I don't do the full on makeup anymore. The only reason, like you said, I would is if I had to go to the set and they, you know, they were doing a production, even now on the interview or when I do the roundtable talk show or ask Sharifa video cast, you're not getting makeup, you're getting lipstick. I'm here, I'm a, you know, took a shower. That's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the benefit of owning your own business. You get to decide. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so Sharifa, I would love to hear who's the woman who was the most influential in your life? I think one way or another, everyone's most influential woman is their mom. You know what I mean? Good, bad, or indifferent, because that's the person <laughs> you grow up looking at, seeing what she is, seeing what she isn't. You know, my mom and I had a very stressful, difficult relationship for a long time. You know, as you get older, you get to see things a lot different. As they get older, they see things a lot different. So my mom was always very influential. My mom is, is the stability. You know, when my dad was the entrepreneur, my mom, you know, been at her job over 21 years. So, 
you know, she was the one that I learned a lot about life from. Right. It's true what you're saying in regards to, I think that most people say that their female influence is their mother. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let me ask you the question that I ask everyone, which is, what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? That's an excellent question. Marriage. That's what I want. I want, I want weddings for everyone. I want everyone to get married and I don't want any divorces. I don't want anyone to struggle because the thing is we have, I feel, and this is, you know, the world according to Sharifa. So don't write me comment. I don't care about none of that. (laughs) We have gone so far over to this feminism and independent woman that we can't just, you know, have balance. You need the man. You need the woman. You know, no, I want to get married too and go out and do different things. I was, I got a great group of, of female friends, but I was saying that, okay, I begin to see that I'm a, I'm the man in this type of group because I always drive. I always have to be sober, always have to take care of parking. I'm like, I don't want to be the man anymore. I want to walk around the car and get in the passenger side. So for future generations, every generation, I just want us to find balance with each other, love, support each other. That's really what I want. Right. It's interesting that you mentioned about being the man. I think what you're referring to is like the masculine and female energy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right, right, right. It's so interesting because um, I that, that's also, by the way, another great, a great discussion point regarding um, masculine and feminine energies, uh, because people tend to think when, when we say like male or female, there's really, everyone's made up of so many different parts and the masculine and, and, and some, some women have more masculine energies and some, some men have more feminine energies. And you could even be, you could be a straight male or straight we female and have the opposite, you know, kind of like energies, but, um, definitely balance that balance is, is key. It's true. Yes. Everything in moderation. That's what my dad taught me. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's why I think I'm so me. I'll just say me, whatever I am is because I grew up with my mom and my dad in the house. You know, my dad called me just now while I'm doing this interview, you know, I'm very close to my, to my parents. So I did have that influence from my mom, but I also had a balance from my father being there. So I think, you know, I want whole homes. I want families, children's births, you know, I'm tired of death and and funerals, you know, so I just want happiness, you know, peace on earth. That's the answer I always give. I can have anything. I will have peace on earth, but I know that the only way to have peace on on earth is to have equity, you know, for all, for everyone. And, and, uh, you know, that's when we'll have it. For sure. For sure. It's interesting that you spoke about like the extreme feminism these days, because I think people also confuse female empowerment with feminism. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, of course, there are definitely overlaps, but there are different things. You know, being a strong, powerful woman doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, better or, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like my brand is focused on female empowerment. What does that mean? That means supporting each other, realizing that we're all equal, realizing how connected we are with each other, even though we may look different and come from different countries, ethnicities and backgrounds. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's just about respect. And I, I think that's what that's what we all need. And and men need it too, of course, you know what I mean? Um, but it's really about that balance, as you said, you know, the corporate American culture of the men running the show is like is becoming slowly but surely becoming a thing of the past. Yes. Hopefully, in 
I don't know in our lifetime if we're going to see it like totally, you know, um, gain equity, but, um, but definitely it's, it's, it's getting, it's getting there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's getting there because technology has leveled the playing field. See, we were, we lived in a society where we did everything by brute force. And when you need brute force, you need a man. Again, I'm sorry for all people who don't agree because of technology, your laptop doesn't require brute force. It doesn't require you to force it to do anything. It just opens up and gives you the information that you need. And so that levels the playing field because you don't need a man to come in and to do it for you. And so technology has changed the world. And then what you were talking about, I just want to say that was a nugget as well. When you talk about empowerment. So what you do is I'm sure you heard of the elephant, right? How they take the cord or the chain and wrap it around his foot when he's young. And so as a young elephant, he tries and he tries and he tries to get away. But as he gets older, he no longer tries. But if he had tried, he can break free. It's the same thing with women who believe and still believe that it's not my role to be successful. It's not my role to be a CEO, but you can. You just have to empower yourself and think positive and go out and, and make things happen instead of believing because that's what you've been told when you were three that a woman can't go out and do these different things. Yes, yes. And hopefully the children now who are, who the three-year-olds now are being told something different than when we were younger, you know? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that's, I love that. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, so Sharifa, tell me, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? as sharifa.com i'm on social media as well sharifa hardy you can hear some of my ranting and raving i've been on one the last few days <laughs> yeah awesome i'm going to um put your information in the show notes people could just click click a link um and they could see what you're up to because as we mentioned earlier you're in, you're definitely in a lot of different places and accomplishing a lot yes absolutely so thank you so much for joining me today this was so nice to have you Thank you for the opportunity. I am so honored to have to share your platform. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard.